All right, welcome everybody back to the Green Mountain Sports Roundup. I am Ernesto Sanchez. I am joined here by Marty Griffin and John Downing. And uh, we're here to give you a quick rundown of this week's hot topics in sports. All right, guys, how are we doing today? Doing excellent. Johnny? I've had better weeks. Yeah. <laughs> this is the worst. Week 10 was the worst football week of the year for me, so. Well, only one, uh, only one direction to go. So, yeah, it happens, uh, so it can't all be good. You just got to consider how many people lost their houses because they followed your bets this week. My slap man for saying that. <laughs> I wouldn't like this week because I knew, I, I knew, if you looked at the schedule this week, we looked at it last week, last Monday, and we did our show, and the, sh- the schedule was straight hot garbage right. from the get-go. You saw the lines were lines like we've never seen that many lopsided spreads. It was just good teams against bad teams and just crappy games all the way around. So personally, I went lighter this week. Still didn't help. Still lost all that. So, um, was there any games you personally just completely avoided? Well, yeah. No. Well, no. I'm not. For me, mostly, I'm talking about for my daily fantasy. Yeah. You know, I've had okay. a really good run, and you know, I did okay on DraftKings. FanDuel got completely fucking wiped out. Didn't help that the Patriots got completely wiped out. Um, Celtics had a rough week. It was just a rough week all the way around. Yeah. So. Maybe we should start on a positive note. <laughs> What's your episode number? Who who's your guy? Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Number four. Favre. I, because Great. we're sticking with the pain, the greatest the pain in the, in the rough week theme. No, no. <laughs> Does Brett Favre cost the Patriots <laughs> Super Bowl? So he inflicted more pain on me. But we should probably thank the veterans first. You have a beautiful American sweatshirt on. Yeah, so I, was, I was in the spirit today with a sweatshirt. I'm feeling good. Feeling patriotic. And, happy uh, Veterans Day. Yeah, cheer, happy cheers Veterans. Cheers to the Veterans. There yeah. you go. Oh, there cheers to the Vets. Yeah, Freedom doesn't come free. Thank you very much. My uh, my pap was a, a veteran uh, from Korea and uh, your grandfather was in World War Two, right? Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, yeah. Correct. So My uh, grandfather was in World War Two. father in Vietnam, so there yeah, you go. All the way around. A little history in the family there. Also, Thank you, Vets. Yeah. I uh, want to throw out, um, speaking of losing your houses, uh, all the people uh, in California right now, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers with those people. Um, it's crazy, man, all the, uh, all the things the going on. The world is burning. The world is burning. We're seeing, you can see the haze in the, in the football games in California this weekend. And, uh, hey, man, the world keeps on, uh, keeps on spinning. Uh, Stan Lee passed away, so uh, RIP to him. Um, shaped my childhood. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, uh, as a millennial, kind of grew up with these with these comic book movies, starting with the uh, the you know, well, Batman, but um, specifically the the Spider Man movies. You right. know, that kind of I feel like the Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies really kind of got this whole thing going. And and um, absolutely you know, so. Uh, definitely big RIP to him. Um, moving on, episode four of GMSR. Uh, I got Bobby Orr, the Hall of Famer. For me, uh, third best hockey player um, to ever live. Um, it's rare that I hear you give any love to a Bruin. So hey, man, you well take it. To to be to be fair, you know that I'm just a fan of the sport and will will. I'll call it straight down the middle. I figured you were more of a Scott Stevens guy. (laughs) (laughs) 
270 goals, 645 assists, 915 points, two-time scoring champion, eight-time Norris winner, three-time league MVP, two-time Stanley Cup champion, and was the MVP for both of those uh, championships, 1966 mm. Rookie of the Year. I mean, change change the way uh, defensemen play. Yeah. Um, so the the modern game of hockey has a lot to uh, has a lot to um, thank Robert Gordon or for probably one of the most famous or iconic goals of all time too in the clinching game of yeah. the 1970 finals where he's floating through the air. Oh, after, it's great! After putting it through the net, yeah. you got the monument out for the garden after that. That's right. There you go. Absolutely. Who do you got, Marty? Uh, Johnny and I were kind of going back and forth, and I was really reluctant to want to use this guy, and I was thinking about it driving over, like, Isaiah Thomas. Like, I'm thinking. Yeah. And I thought, you're right, there's better choices. So. Yeah, yeah they, there are, but, you know, we're talking about Detroit Pistons' Isaiah Thomas, correct? All right. Was, wait, no, he no, was just kidding. No. just kidding with that. I just want to see his face <laughs> throw. No, he was number 11, <laughs> yeah, wasn't he? Totally yeah. kidding with you. Like, oh, my God, we got this so wrong. No. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, though, I mean that he had a great year. He was a great. I mean, I I, I would acknowledge that guy. He kind of he has fallen off the face of the earth. The injuries, the, his his size in, in the NBA has taken its toll on him. I would love to see him come back with the Nuggets this year, have somewhat of an impact in the West, and see if he actually can revitalize his career since he is playing league minimum salary, just trying to salvage himself and salvage his name and and his game. Back up the Brinks trucks. Not so much. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> Not so much. But yeah, he he did spark a, a year for the Celtics. He gave us all a show, and you know, yeah, I acknowledge him. He, he, he put a lot on the line in the playoffs two years ago. He sold I mean, his body for that sister, for that franchise. His sister that died. Yeah, and getting all that dental work done because he got lost teeth and yeah. He yeah he put a lot on the line. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Isaiah Thomas. Runners up, I'd say maybe Spud Webb and Chris Webb. Spud Webb's awesome. I am old enough to remember the Dallas slam dunk competition where he won in the likes of you're talking like Dominique Wilkins, Tomahawk Jams, like power dunking. This like guy Jordan. just. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jordan won it in that year. 87? No. 87, I don't believe he was in that 80, year. 86? Yeah. 86. There was 86. But he was in his hometown, Dallas, Texas, too. He had the fans on his side. That guy just could spring. You know, just to think about a guy, you know, five, yeah, five, human. five. Right. I don't even think he was that tall, you know, dunking, doing 360, like yeah. bounce up, you know, alley-oops to himself. It was crazy to watch. It was definitely good entertainment. All right. All right. So I figured uh, we'll we'll start off the talk uh, today uh, in NFL. We'll kind of do like a, um, like a shit sandwich, right? Uh, we'll have the pats go I, in the middle. I like where you're headed because I was thinking, <laughs> let's not – be so negative to start. Let's start <laughs> positive with you. You your team okay. kicked off the weekend. All right, I guess right? that is Thursday that is night, right? Yeah, in probably the most impressive fashion of any team so, this weekend. So going into this game, I was very worried. Um, officially, uh, officially, unofficially, on last week's pod, I we all agreed that that the safe, smart pick uh, was uh, Carolina plus four, and. Um, as, as I always do when I'm, when I finally get around to picking the Steelers game for our, our personal competition, um, I just can't bring myself to, to split myself that way. A little bit of insight, game one, I did that. 
<clears throat> we wound up tying. <laughs> <laughs> so I would I would rather just win all the way or lose all the way. No hedging for Ernesto. No hedging for me. I can't I can't like my heart can't fucking take that. I don't need that in my life. Mm. So um so I also to give you a little more context, I have band practice Thursday nights. So oh our our buddy Mr. Beeper is back. Usually uh, I guess he's He's a little bit early today. Yeah. All right. Well, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> so I have band practice Thursday nights. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll actually sit down, watch the first hour, then band practice will happen, and, you know, I'll just have to deal with it, right? I don't have DVR. I can't watch it later like I do my, my Penguins games. So, um, and when the game starts, and Carolina just marches down the field McCaffrey looks unstoppable Newton looks like he's you know dialed in and I'm just like oh shit here we go like this is this is gonna be this is gonna be my night thank god I have band practice I won't have to watch this slaughter so they march all the way down the field score a touchdown Ben gets the ball first play 75 yards to Juju Smith-Schuster, who absolutely just scorches their defense. And I was like, oh, (laughs) here we go. Like, what a response. Uh, And then Carolina gets the ball back, and they almost immediately, uh, TJ Watt gets just amazing pressure uh, on uh, Cam Newton, and he just throws a melon directly to Vince Williams who who pick sixes him and uh, and runs it back in and it just the the next the next series Carolina punts out and uh, another three and out and punts it away and we march all the way back down score another touchdown I, I was just by the time I was going into band practice it was 21 nothing and I was just 21 seven sorry Onslaught was on. Yeah, and I was like, we just had three unanswered touchdowns. It's time to, uh, it's time to party. So <laughs> it just it just continued. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had a perfect passer rating uh, for the game. He had two more touchdowns than he had incompletions on the day. Big Ben at home. Oh my God! Well, Big Ben's been great on the road as well this year. It's, I wouldn't say great. On well, the road. I say he for hasn't him, struggled like right. usually. Okay, scoop. I have, I have lowered expectations, John. Yeah, come to our side, Johnny. Fuck it, hey. But I think part of, part of the reason we're seeing the success on the road is he's stopped really trying to uh, force it to Antonio Brown. You know, we're not seeing that. Um, he's not as whoopy anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, he, nine different receivers with catches in this game. Um, all five touchdowns to five different receivers. Um 328 yards, 22 for 25. I, I mean, I just and, and the defense, the defense, you know, granted it was a short week um, and uh, you know, the, not a lot of time to game plan for, you know, scheme scheme it out, right? To to really pick out um, the holes in our in our secondary. But um, I think all the way around they did they did a great job. Uh, T.J. Watt just continues to impress me, continues to get better and better. Uh, Bud Dupree, you know, um, is is also doing well, like I mentioned last week. Um, you know, they switched sides 
um, this year, and it, I think it's it's benefiting them both greatly. Um, I, would, I mean, that's a good good victory for them. It's a that's a three game winning streak. Caroline, Pat, uh, excuse me, three games winning streak coming into uh, Pittsburgh. Carolina was rolling in hot. They smacked them in the face. Carolina is usually a tough physical team. Yeah, you know, but that I didn't even know that. But that's they're zero and four all time in Pittsburgh. So, you know, they own them in that in their house. So Pittsburgh brought the energy. Yeah, for sure. So I've been I've been um, really impressed with Christian McCaffrey this uh, this whole year so far, um, both as a receiving threat and as and as a running threat. But one of the things that I think he got really exposed. Uh, on in this game is his uh, pass blocking. Um, they were getting lots and lots of penetration, and they were just putting him right on his ass. And I think that's a big part of the reason why we had uh, a five-sack performance um, in this game. You could just tell, the, I mean, on both sides of the ball, they were just out in. They were really going for it that night. And they can smell it. They're in that division. You know, the Bengals are, are doing what the Bengals do best, and Sliding and the Steelers on Thursday night. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that become kind of a thing? Just big performances. Yeah, didn't they play Tennessee last year and they whooped their fucking ass? Like, Sounds like unbelievable. Up on. Could be. I, I trust. I, I trust your your unique brain when it comes yeah. to this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to think. It just hit me. I'm like, you know what? T- Pittsburgh on Thursday night might have something there. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think um, the uh, the strong suit of our team is scheming and planning. So maybe they do, <laughs> maybe they maybe they, maybe they do better. The less they get, the yeah. better they do. Guys, Let's, go out there and have fun. Do what you do best. Energy, right? Bring energy. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. Don't worry about the installation process of you know thoughts and prayers. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, one thing that I, I thought was an interesting stat is, or just an interesting way to, to look at this, is uh, last year we were first in stacks in the league. Um, but it's, it was kind of a, uh, a um, like a, uh, oh shit, Bulls gold. fucking word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it, a deceiving stat because... Um, we would just we you know we get f- four or five sacks against like the Browns or something like that you know and um, in big games you know against good teams we weren't getting any penetration right exactly yeah. I mean Tom Brady had forever and a day to throw when we played them last year um, this year we're we're fourth in the league in sacks which isn't terrible um, but it's more spread out we're getting. It's more consistent, right? We're we're uh, getting good penetration on good teams, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the maturity of of the whole crew. You know, um, kind of growing up and figuring out how to get it done without Ryan Shazier, and um, you know, even just some of these young guys physically growing. Give a know? little bit to Tomlin too after the quote with Bell brought him up again. <laughs> But, hostages. you know, oh. hostages. I mean, I think the locker room has just moved past all the Volunteers, bullshit and hype and, ever, and everybody's bought in. And I think at this point, you're hearing it from the higher-ups, you're hearing it from your coaches, and the concept is being, you know, is being bought in the locker room, and they're all in with what they have, and now they're moving forward. Mm. Uh, the one, the one um, 
well, there was two. There was two negatives coming out of this game. Uh, James Conner uh, in concussion protocol. Um, for me personally, uh, I think that was more of a uh, precaution than anything. Um, he, he after the hit, he did go back into the game, ran a couple series, um, and then and then wind up after the game was well out of hand. Um, why even take a chance? Right, exactly. I think yeah. they just sent him to the showers. But he was at the pit game uh, on Saturday, so that tells me that he's going to be just fine, especially with 10 days rest. Um, the, Juju Smith-Schuster gave a report, uh, or uh, there's a quote from him saying that um, they're not even uh, expected to report yeah. uh, till Wednesday. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting good things from him moving on. Uh, I just hoping that Le'Veon Bell doesn't decide to do do the one asshole thing he could do, which is report tomorrow. Um, it's done though, right? Isn't it? It's pretty much con- um, all but confirmed that he's not showing it's, up. It's and all, stay away. But how many how many times has it been all but confirmed that he's showing up next week, or he's showing up here, you know, or what the hell's he even doing in Pittsburgh? Right, exactly. So. Um, I know as a fan, you can't rest easy until this day comes. Yeah. I, I get that. Exactly. Because Le'Veon Bell stays away. Who would have thought that, like, at the beginning of the year? He is, you know, I I understand him exercising his right to stay away. And um, I hope this is really, uh, beyond saying that he didn't show up, I hope this is the last time we talk about him. Till next season. Yeah, I was done talking about. Oh, we're popping champagne now. without him next week. <laughs> if he doesn't report, it's done. We're gonna have some fun. Good riddance. But it's- but they have he and his agent have just mangled this entire thing. I mean, he just looks like such a jackass to the entire league. Like, who would want to hire this yeah. guy? Let's give who him wants- ten more seconds right now. And move on. Who wants Who wants to give him big money? <laughs> so, uh, speaking of guys who look like jackasses and are probably never gonna make big money. Um, Hardy Burns was in for one play. <laughs> after after the game was well in hand, Mike Tomlin decides to you know give him a rep, sends him out there. First thing he does is get is draw a pass interference call in the end zone. Sits him right back down. That guy he is a broken man. He has no confidence in himself or his or his abilities, uh, which is a shame. He's a first round pick, but I think it's time to. To move on from Marty Burns. Right. Speaking of moving on, Johnny. Moving on to the Patriots. Oh yeah. Do we have to? Yep. I don't have a strong opinion of it. I I just don't. I'm sorry. I don't have a strong opinion on this game. I want to say it's no big deal. So, you know, they went into Tennessee yesterday. The final score of the game. Tennessee 34, New England 10. And from the get-go, the opening kickoff. Where Tennessee returned to past midfield and they march right down and get a 24-yard touchdown pass to Corey Davis right off the bat. You know, they're going right at Stephen Gilmore. They, like Pittsburgh did to Carolina on Thursday night, Tennessee brought the energy and enthusiasm and they brought the attack to the Patriots. They were more physical uh, than the Patriots were the entire game. One of the stingiest red zone, red zone defenses, too. I mean, Titans... Yeah. That well, the Titans are the number one scoring defense in the yeah. NFL. So that's why, okay, so people, I see that, you know, once again, you know, I'm a big Boston sports radio guy because I'm a sports fan. So I'm always going to digest all the sports content that I can 
possibly ingest throughout the day. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, even if I like it or if I don't like it, if it's negative or positive, which it's usually negative, of course, Patriots world is burning today. You know, the season is over. This season is very similar to the 2009 season. Uh, this is the first time th this late in the season that a Brady-Belichick team has lost by this many points this late in the season. Um, you know, they're, they're not playing well on the road, which is similar to the 2009 team. The 2009 team was 8-0 at home, and then they, <clears throat> they were 3-5 and on the road. This year they are one in what are they what, they one and three or two and three? Let's see, they're five and zero at home, so they're two and three on the road. Yeah. Okay, but I feel like one common theme is that they lost at Detroit, and that was to de old defensive coordinator Matt Patricia. This game at Tennessee, common theme: Mike Vrabel. Was a linebacker for the Patriots for years. Deion Lewis. Yeah, Deion Lewis, Malcolm, Malcolm Butler, Butler, Logan Ryan. Absolutely. You know, all yeah. those guys played for the Patriots. I feel like there's something there. There's something about not knowing exactly what the signals are, but knowing what the Patriots do when this happens, right. what the Patriots do when this happens. When they do this, this means this. When they do this, this means this. Some, there's something to that, yeah. I feel Don't like. Don't you have, like, linebacker coaches, that, like Dean Pease is on that team as well? Well, Dean Pease, he, well, yeah. he was, so... GM was a former he, Patriot. Dean Pease is years ago was with yeah. the Patriots, but then he went to the Ravens. But anybody who's... And with the Ravens and the Ray right. Lewis and Ed Reed defense, he yeah. was their defensive coordinator, right. and they... Like like uh, Petten and Rex Ryan and the Jets did really well, the next best team was probably the Ravens against the Patriots over the years. I'm just saying, there's, there's so many people in that organization, meaning the Titans, who have so many ties to the Patriots, they just want to strike that chord and keep strumming it and beat their ass this week. Mm -hmm. They want that. And so what they did, you know, they attacked Brady. What You know, teams that attack Brady up the middle, up the gut. That's why the, the Patriots like to have a strong center with David Andrews and strong guards because they know that ever since those Giants Super Bowl losses, you know, when the those <clears throat> interior linemen can get pressure right up the gut and you don't have to blitz Brady, that's when it caused the most problems. And the Titans were able to do that. They hit Brady early. They hit him often. Yeah. He was taking some abuse that he game. He was taking some abuse, and he, and he didn't look very good as the game went on. Ask Belichick, ask Belichick about Brady's performance. He just simply said the most Belichick way, go ask Tom. Well, no, he, he was specifically asked about why wasn't Brady throwing to the open man in, in their system. You know, there was a fourth and sixth play yesterday where Chris Hogan was wide open, and then similarly on the same play, Philip Dorsett seemed to be open as well, and time after time yesterday's game, and on that play specifically, Brady was forcing it to Josh Gordon, who caught only four of his twelve right. targets. And it didn't. And then there was a third and one play where they went deep to Josh Gordon, and it didn't make sense. Why does he keep forcing it to Josh Gordon? So I think it was. Um, it's a good question. I mean, when Dorsett gets two targets the whole game, Hogan one. Yeah, well, it was the, the guy from uh, the Boston Sports Journal who asked the question, and he said, why is he throwing to Josh Gordon, and are you, are you des designing plays specific specifically to throw to Josh Gordon and just Julian Edelman? And, and, you know, Belichick said, you have to ask Tom. And he just kind of threw him under the bus. So I don't really like that. But that's classic Belichick. I mean, it's been that way between these two for, for what, going on f at least strongly for three years yeah. now. So it's just a, it's just always that weird like midseason dynamic that starts to kind of like happen. 
it's almost like they want to try to create that narrative to think that there's deception in the ranks and things are falling apart and then just come back late season and smack you in the face I am face concerned, again. though, because at this point it looks to me like because if they hadn't lost this extra game, you know, and they kept on winning and they went 14-2, and two, they had the tiebreaker with the Chiefs, so everything would have had to come through Foxborough with the Patriots as the number one seed. Uh, now I find it critical that the Patriots at least get the two seed because the Patriots haven't won a road playoff game en route to going on to win the Super Bowl since 2004. Yeah. So it's a long time. Brady is only 3-4. and four on the road in the playoffs. But honestly, you got two games you have to worry about. His Steelers, Vikings at home. At, at mean, December mean, mean, 2nd, mean, December 16th. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're back in the Powder Puff Pillow Fight League of the Correct. AFC East. Right. So, so I can see you easily going... Wins. I can see you, what worse going 11-5 and five but when you're, that. But when you're, with the, when you're a Patriots fan, and I, I don't mean it. to sound arrogant. I don't. I don't mean to sound like this, but... There's bigger fish to fry. It's just, right. Are we winning the Super Bowl this year or not? Now that's what people want to know. And I get that. It's ridiculous expectations to even think like that or talk like that. But, yes, the Patriots are going to win the division. They're going to be at least the three or four seed and make the playoffs. But is this a Super Bowl team? Because you're in that's room almost with, a given. You're in a room with good company. You're welcome here. Sit down. Tell us why you're here and, and what you need. <laughs> All right? Because we can probably help you with this in this area. Very much so. So, you're amongst friends, Johnny. All right. But I, I get it. Like, I don't know that they're a Super Bowl team. I don't. I don't know if they're going to go. I think that I think they'll beat Minnesota in a couple weeks. Because Minnesota's about to go through an insanely tough stretch of yeah. primetime games. They have three out of four weeks. And the Patriots week is the third week. Yeah. Where they're sandwiched on Sunday night football games where they're playing tough opponents week after week, and then they have to go to Foxborough in the third week. Right. So I think they're going to beat Minnesota at home. Like I said, they're winning their home games. They're 5-0 and at home. Mm-hmm. Okay, the tough game is going to be against Ernesto and his Steelers right. December 16th, and that's going to determine most likely who's the number the two, two seed, seed right. if not the one seed. And does I'm going to ask you this. I know they've played like shit this year, but does the Jaguars concern you at all? Because just you're his... No, excuse me. I'm thinking... I'm, thinking, I'm looking at Steelers. Jaguars haven't I, concerned me in two no, weeks. No, no, no. Sorry. That's going with the yeah, Steelers coming up for you this week. Jaguars, right there. They're just like a hard team to get. Just like okay, so they... well, they they always play the Steelers hard. So uh, yes, I am concerned, but um, I like the direction um, the Steelers are headed, and I like the direction that the Jaguars are headed. So I'm hoping yeah. um, I'm so, hoping we can just keep rolling through. Um, so I'm trying to build up this mat- matchup that's coming. Well, that's oh, my yeah. get to my point. Okay, yeah. so the Patriots. The, have have owned to build anything, <laughs> build anything up. It's the Patriots already, system yeah. has traditionally been perfect against the Steelers because the Steelers don't change anything up the way they play the Patriots. So the Patriots can go in there and you know play their game the way they play it, and they go in and they win. Whether it's at Pittsburgh, whether it's at New England, they have their numbers. So if they don't win that game, yeah, then it's basically all right. You fold, know, you know fold out the tent. Yeah, season's over. Take that too, but I mean. I, well, you guys got the Chargers before that as well. Steelers. Well, to be, to be yeah. fair, to be fair, Johnny, we should have won last. Yeah, but there's the a guy named Gronkowski on the other team. Sure, yeah, no. Let's get to that. That's, that's another point. That um, well, right. Well, you catch is a catch. That catch is yeah. a catch. What's a catch? Right. right. That catch. catch is a catch this year. You you saw that Vance McDonald catch. But correct me if I'm wrong. They're not going to go back and replay last year's. Game. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. But you know, so you know what go. I'm saying. Here we go. All right, we're, we're gonna. We have, have, I'm, a, I'm coming up with a, we had a, a great bet for these two coming up that week that matchup. 
So uh, stay tuned. Or even even if you want to like post on Facebook, Twitter, about you want to see them follow through with something here, uh, just let us know. How important do we think Gronkowski is to the rest of the season for the Patriots? I don't think he's important to the rest of the season. I think he's important if you want to win the playoffs. Well, yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. I think he's important. Well, I mean, because you texted us earlier today and like, sent us the article. We didn't know where you are going to go with this. It's just been the same narrative for the last few years with that guy But they were 14-1 well. before this week without Gronkowski yeah. in their last 15 games. But I think this year, they're right. I think if they want to Patriots won a Super Bowl this year, you have to have Gronkowski. I'm not just a decoy Gronkowski like he was in 2011. Super no, he's got to be effective. He's got to be effective, and he's got to be a factor because that open that will open up everything else for rookie running backs: Tony Michel, James White in the flat, Julian Edelman on third downs, Josh Gordon down the field. It just it's it's just having him, and, and teams have to either put their best, they're one of their best guys on him, or double team him, right. and that takes the attention. Without him. Teams don't give a shit about Dwayne Allen. Teams certainly don't give a shit about Jake Hollister dropping third down passes like he was yesterday. So Gronkowski changes everything, I think, specifically this year for the but Patriots. But he, he have more of a chip on his shoulder this year with him? Them wanting to trade him to Detroit, him shutting that down. The whole Do you feel like he's still giving 100% when he can play, when he is healthy? Is he the same person know. for that team? That's the biggest thing. I would be concerned about not the fact that they're going to use him. They're going to use him if he's healthy. It's just what he's going to bring to the table. What well, he, he sounded wants to do. like he was healthy on Friday so when they had the to, press conference. Right. He was laughing to address to address your to to address the article. Um, I don't think they're keeping him on the shelf on purpose. That's not the way these kinds of teams operate in professional sports. If you're best, you play the best player available. Period. But the Patriots operate on a different level. Ugh. <laughs> They had a bye week coming up. You know what I mean? Like, why risk Gronkowski? Because Belichick knows how important he is to for this team this season, knowing that they didn't go out and trade for anyone like they usually do. They didn't. Well, they did earlier in the year with Josh Gordon, but not the trade deadline. They didn't so go get some, like Golden in some Tier ways. You're saying it. They know how important Gronkowski is this year, so they can't risk him getting beat up against a physically tough Titans team like yesterday on a field, mind you, that was an awful field to run on. Schedule loss. No, that's what he's. That's what you're saying. That that's no, what no, 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 no. That was on. definitely not a scheduled loss. Definitely thirty-four to ten. No, that's not. If a you're saying loss. we're not going to risk him on a bad field, a, a hot team, and you know, I no, I think coming in the bye week, I, and they thought they'd be okay with fourteen and one without him before. They were fourteen and one right. without him. I think okay. that they thought they were going to win, but they they screwed that up because they needed him. All right. Even having him yesterday, <laughs> even having him yesterday wouldn't have mattered. They were outclassed yesterday. They were just, they were completely outclassed. They the, did the not. Other, bring the other the team fight wanted it more. They had more passion. They had more fire. They they really wanted to make a statement. Not on their season or year. They just wanted to send a message to the Patriots. He, that, that, right. that, he's that only played one of the last four games, right? Right. And he was a non-factor in that game. Correct? He's been a non-factor since week one. Right. So yeah. I I think I think he's going to be an integral part of. Um, the game against the Steelers because we are just historically terrible against good tight ends. Um, although Morgan Burnett has been really uh, impressing me with his play lately against. Take your Morgan Burnett against Gronkowski. Come on, man. Come on. I mean. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I don't bets. know. He's, he's, I smell he's prop bets within the game now, too. There's going to have to be something more <laughs> Morgan Burnett against Gronkowski. <laughs> I don't know, man. In that game. Uh, the way he's been playing, though? No, I feel Might like he's enough. dead. They're getting him healthy up, health, healthy up for that game. Okay, for that game. For that game, but that's the season now. Yep, that's the season now. So, 
Hmm. All right, moving on. A rare, rare victory for the Dallas Cowboys, right? I don't know. Especially when it going in, they going into Philly. Hey, six have lost seven times the Cowboys have faced the Eagles. They've beaten them. Yeah, is that true? That's true. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, they. they Where's how can they can't beat anyone else? <laughs> rivalries getting worked up for the game. Most hated in in their mind right now. Relevant like. The team they hate the most in the NFC. So East. now if I'm tricked now. I'm fooled. I'm going to play the freaking idiot because I've been going to get it tricked and thinking, oh, here we go. The Cowboys are good. Now they're going to win the division. No, 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 no. no. They just not. play the Eagles well. They're going to go back to, to their normal selves and lose to the what, Falcons. What did Colin Coward, as I refer to him on the radio, say today? Is like that sugar high is just going to crash really hard. Yes, that's yeah. Yes. And I, all right, I'm taking the bait. And I, I'm not taking the bait. I mean, I would love to take the bait. Oh, you weren't in on them last night. No. I, I mean, anytime. I, I didn't even watch that last minute. I went and took a shower. I, was, I just <laughs> knew the Cowboys were going to let them drive down the field and tie it or like. Cowboys have a good like, defense, man. They do have a great defense. Dude. Oh, I, I, they I'm, should lo- be good. I'm loving Lawrence. I'm loving Davis in that situation. Van der Hirsch, who I absolutely, that kid is like going to be good. He's going to be really good. He's Van der Esch. Van der Esch, yeah. He is, you know. You know he played the Notre Dame linebacker? You know he Jane played 8 on 8 football? No. In high school and got, you know, then he was drafted by Boise State, but he was an 8 on 8 football player. You don't Late, see too many 8 on 8 football players go on to. You can see him like going he led to a the team in college, tackles. Thirteen he led tackles. Like he was all over the field. His closing speed is amazing. He has great vision because he's he's got height to him too. Huge interception. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Winston didn't look that off very well. He just turned right back. He went one progression, stared right in, and just fired that thing. He didn't even look back. He let Holy go of Zach Ertz yesterday. He's a man. I was talking about him, about hybrid tight ends and just like these guys, like Kelsey and him. McDonald, who just stretch the field and have that speed, who can like just outrun you if they if they get by you. Um, but yeah, Zach, he's nothing to be said. Jalen Brown or Jalen Smith, he's awesome. Yeah, at linebacker. But I mean, you know, you know, it's a thing where where everything has to click right for Dak now. You just see it. It just has to click right. Zeke has to be playing out of his mind, which, which he did he yesterday. Did. Anytime you get 187 yards by yourself, yeah, you're going to have the best rush D. But listening to some of the commentary last night, and they did it, they said it perfectly. Everything was working great for Dak. If he if he throws that interception right there, that landscape of that game changes yeah. for Dallas quickly. And he was not going through his progressions very well. He looked off Gallup at one point. Gallup had a 70-yard touchdown run if he would have hit him on that on that streak. But he's just looking to one side and just not standing in and just going through his progressions. And Lennon has been had a huge problem. He, he took some more sacks again last night where it's so easy to get rid of the ball, but he's just trying to stretch the play when he doesn't have to stretch the play. Don't put yourself in third and long down situations. Exactly. So, you know, Zeke played well, like you said, 151 yards. Dak was 26 for 36, 270 yards, no interceptions, one TD. It's great to say that, but... Then I look at the other side of the table, like a deficient defense, and like Philly's hurting defensively. They have a lot of lost players right now, and they're just had their backs against the wall, just trying to survive. And you have somebody like Wentz come in, who I despise, but anyway, he comes in and he still leads a great charge. He still keeps them in the game till the very end. He's working with little to nothing right now. Angler's doing okay. 
Um, you know, Golden Tate. Major credit to the defense for, for shutting them down. You know, but he still ends with 32 and 44 for 360 yards. You know, Ertz 145 yards. I guess what I'm trying to say is like it doesn't always have to click well, and you can still survive and compete and grind out a win. Where it looks like with Dallas, you just can't afford even one mistake, or the whole landscape's going to change. Building and, 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 Jenga. And, and yeah, and they. What they did with the Titans. Yeah. They, in the second half, they abandoned the run. They just tried to start firing downfield. Quick three and outs. You know, stupid mistakes. They only had five penalties yesterday. It was great to see. You know, n- none of those stupid false starts that push you back five more yards. No stupid holding Cowboy penalties. penalties. Yeah. The holdings. Do you know Philly didn't have starts. zero? Five penalties that whole game that were assessed. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fine. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying, and you asked earlier in a text, we're talking about it. Will a eight team or more of a better record come out of that league? I don't think when so. The, will eight and eight win the division? Yes, I think so. Eight and eight. Eight and eight, and that might, and I, I think that the be, you, that will be the Redskins that eke by just because they're sitting really? on a higher schedule wow. right now. Because I mean, you look at the remaining schedules. It's of tough for all of each them. Each of those three teams, it's not just tough. It's like brutal. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, all yeah. the you got the Eagles and Cowboys who <coughs> draw the Saints. Eagles got a tough one. You know, they got Saints next week, and they then the last remaining their last three teams last three games of the season, they got Rams, Texans, Redskins at Rams. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't. I see them going like six and ten to be honest. Oh, with me you. too. Me too. You know. Yeah. And I, I feel sorry for the best sports so at New Orleans. I feel week. sorry for the best sports town in America. <laughs> yes. As Wentz says, yes. Carson Wentz. Oh, Are welcome you fucking Tate. kidding me? Welcome Golden Tate. You waste of space. Yeah. Mary McDick cheese. That is not the be- best fucking sports town. I'm sorry. We're talking about this today, you know. And and Nesto and I reluctantly hate to admit it. Well, I don't hate to admit it because I love Boston sports. I hate but to it's, admit it's, it. It's Boston. It's Boston. I'm sorry. Hockey last fourteen. It was a rough. It was a rough childhood, and I. You know what? Ever since I turned everybody's twenty three in two thousand and one. Every their time. You had it in the seventies with your Steelers and the Iron Kurt, You know, and those guys. And when I mean the Pirates. Yeah, we're, we are family. family. Pengu- yeah. Penguins were dog shit then, but we are family. We, the I penguins, have, you've always had the Penguins. We right? had it in the nineties. Yeah, the Penguins have only been the early nineties. Well, yeah, I mean Mario Lemieux. Uh, I think it was uh, eighty five. Scott Stevens. Yeah, early '90s. Oh well, I mean, if we're if we're talking about you know the early '90s teams, there's lots of guys on those teams yeah. where you know Hall of Famer Mark Recchi, uh Rick Tockett, or not Mark Recchi, uh Rick Tockett was what I meant to say. The other the other assistant coach, um, you know, uh, guys like um, fuck. <laughs> Anyway, John, John, a major ass. You're, Boston, you're owning it right team. now. The yeah. last 14 years or so, we I had mean, it in the late 80s, pushing in the late 80s in Dallas to, you know, to 94, 95. Yeah. You know, whatever the case may be. And I choose to enjoy the Ron Boston Francis, is the best that's sports what I'm trying town. To say. I choose to enjoy <laughs> the Boston is the best sports town. You know why? Because so many people are miserable. And just talk negatively around here, and it drives me freaking crazy. Because you're spoiled fucking brats it's crazy. nowadays. Yeah. You know what? Instead be of honest, being bashing Tom Brady, Max Kellerman's bringing up... Oh, I don't know if you saw first take today, but Max Kellerman was bringing up Brady in the cliff again today. And Stephen A. Smith is like, I don't even know who you are. I don't have time for you. This ship sailed five years ago. You were wrong about the cliff, and we're sure as shit not going back to the cliff talk today. <laughs> <laughs> it's Put true. him in this freaking place. But it's just so much negativity. So instead of that, let's try to 
enjoy what this is. Right. Because you know what? Once Tom Brady is gone in a few years, forget it. It's Tom over. Brady. It's over. There isn't going to be another Tom well, Brady. Jimmy G was never going to be the next Tom Brady. There isn't going to be another Tom Brady close behind or anywhere coming down the pike. Yeah. I'm sorry. It you doesn't. Can, you can make a trade for Mahomes. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> just, I mean, just try to work him up. No, he can be a flash in the pan in the regular season, but let's see him win rings, you know? Yeah, I get let's it. See him be death by a thousand paper cuts, like the Patriots are. <laughs> you know, so, I'm, we need to... Need no. To, this I time mean, needs to be enjoyed. Between Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, I mean, they've been ruling and controlling, you know, with one, you, you know, one falls down one season, the other one comes up. Absolutely. They've been there. I mean, you talk about a town, and I know football rules all... For most you know towns and sports, but you're talking about uh, franchises in the Boston area, sports franchises all doing collectively their part to be the best. As you're saying team. all this, and I've said this, this is going to lead us to something ugly towards the end of the show. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm right in the same boat with you. You know, um, both of the sports franchises that I care the most about, the Steelers and the Penguins, are getting to the end of their window. You know, like. You're in football. You're really only as good as your quarterback, right? Uh, and you know there, it really does come down to that. And uh, you know Ben has one, maybe two more years, maybe, maybe, maybe three more years. Um, and we could be starting and trying to get it back as Dallas star, stars. You're talking like there's pieces in the Cowboys organization to make this team great. I want them, honestly, in some ways, to blow the fuck up this season so possibly by miraculous enlightenment upon Jerry Jones' mind, because he's not going to admit somebody else told it to him, decide to let go of this coaching staff, decide to take this a different direction, even for himself to take a huge step back and let this team in the city thrive again for once. He's the next Al fucking Davis. He's going to kill a storied franchise. I don't know. So I guess it remains to be seen if Troy Aikman's being critical last week of the Cowboys after last, last week's Monday Night Loss. Well, I got a list to I get home. He put something up again today. And oh, he did? I want to hear what he lists. Well, it I, seems like they responded I'll, I'll really post well. that tomorrow, but I want to hear what he has to say. Just but to go into Philly on a Sunday Night Football game, and yeah, I know they've had their number, but to go on Sunday Night Football game and game of the week, as it, you know, as it's called for Sunday Night Football, and to go in there when Philly needed the win to, and to win, to me, it was impressive, but like, like, We'll see what happens this week in Atlanta. Like I said, sugar high. Yeah. It's going to crash. All right. A uh, couple thoughts about the other games. Um, was really excited to see uh, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson make a miraculous comeback to cover the spread. <laughs> up high, Johnny. Oh, he's drinking. There we go. Uh, I was sweating that one out. Um any thoughts on any of the other games? Well, up to, talk about, to talk about that game real quick before you move on, I thought that was a great, great game for the Rams. We're talking going back to the wildfires, to what's happened in Thousand Oaks in the last week and a half. Uh, Sean McVay gave not, out... Not Thousand Oaks. Excuse me. Um, yeah, talking about... Sorry. The, the Woolsey Fire. Well, it's also the same area of the shooting areas as well. I mean, there's just been a lot, I mean, yeah, a lot of controversy going on right. in the past week and a half. But Sean McVay gave out some game balls, extra game balls this week to the administration because they were relocating players and families. There was just a lot of just chaos for Sometimes that organization this once. week. Yeah, absolutely. Trying to get them back together because they're like split up. Um, trying to get from practice facility back uh, to the home or wherever. 
trying to find where uh, their families are being moved to. But I thought that was, I mean, Seattle's never a joke to go in and know what you're, you're going to get with that team. I, Pete Carroll always another, plays another well great back test. In the and, and to lose Cooper, Cooper Cup, that's, that's huge. That's going to hurt. That's hurt. Do you think they go outside and try to find somebody to fill that spot? Who? I don't know. No, there's no one left. Do we think Brandon Marshall's going to be going into the Saints? He just re-signed with the Saints today. Yeah. Or signed with the yeah. Saints, yeah. But didn't think he was coming. I didn't ever see Des Bryant going there as well. Yeah. I mean, no, they've got some young guys. Josh Reynolds will be okay. Oh, have we talked about Des? Not really. I mean, <laughs> why? You want to throw up the X? Everyone, you want to throw up the X too? You, you feel sorry for him? I'm good. He didn't play. You know, <laughs> I, just think it's, I just think it's hilarious, you know. Uh, we're, just, we're low budget. We're not going to lose any sponsors by saying, I don't give a fuck about that guy. <laughs> I, I mean, I do. I would like to say that the Saints in their letdown spot this week, holy smokes. I think that we have a, you know, as we're getting excited for next week's Monday night game in Mexico between the Chiefs and the Rams, they might, neither of those teams might, the, one, those teams might not be the one or one team in the NFL right yep. now. The Saints might be the one. I, they they looked incredible. Incredible. And you see the way they're mixing in backup QB Taysom Hill yeah. and the running plays. They kind, just, of, they kind of remind me of the old greatest show on turf, a la, you know, St. Louis Rams, just, just like yeah. back in the day, just slinging it and going just straight down. They're I just, knew, they're I, so deadly. There was so, you know, so we're giving these picks on Monday, or I'm giving these picks on Monday for the Sunday games in advance, but then I'm, I'm like getting ready for football on Sunday morning, and I'm listening to NFL game day or the show or whatever, and then I'm hearing that there's a report that says Sean Payton knows that this is a letdown spot at Cincinnati for his team, and that Cincinnati has played them well over the years. Yeah. And he had them specifically. I, I didn't say what he did, but he he had something special lined up for them to have them extra motivated for that game, so that so that they wouldn't let down. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, I I should change this pick to the Saints because, sure enough, they came out and threw down 51 points. Yeah. And the Bengals without AJ Green looked not 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 good. He's just. But then they. Fired. I thought they looked great. Well, you know, <laughs> so, so they fired. They fired Boyd, uh, defensive coordinator for them. Got yeah, fired this yeah. week. I think that they expected more people expected Tyler Boyd would still be as productive as he was as the number two wide receiver. But when you take out AJ Green and you shift the defensive coverage, you're the number one cornerback in the help coverage over the top, which is always on AJ Green to begin with. Mm-hmm. You take out AJ Green and you put the number one corner in the help coverage on Tyler Boyd. That's going to be a different world for him. Yeah, yeah, we you know saw I mean? that. We saw that last year when AB was out and, and it was. Juju couldn't catch anything. Yeah, so so and so uh, the Bengals they, they don't have enough other weapons to compensate for that. They just don't. I don't see them making the playoffs. So does that mean no. bye bye Marvin Lewis? There's I, there's reports today about Hugh Jackson coming back because they, they've always stayed close. Are you serious? I'm serious. Go away. Marvin Marvin Lewis and Hugh Jackson again. Oh, God. Because they were so dynamite over the, the dream years. team. The dream team. <laughs> oh my god. All right. All right. So, I'd, we should get to the Colts and uh hey man, what's up Quentin? Did you see that Quentin Nelson when he got drafted last year yeah. and the owner Jim Ursay calls him and he's like, "Hey Quentin, what's up man? I hear you're really good." That block that he threw down on the Jaguars linebacker yesterday where he's just going, primal ah! <laughs> And he just bulldozes him. Sounds like Bobby Boucher Someone running around. Someone was like, that guy pocket. has kids. 
<laughs> that, it almost looked like the scream that Adam Sandler does in the water, bro. Holy moly. The Colts, and then I sent you the thing of Frank Reich and the, uh, out of the 13 personnel where he did four verticals, and the play calling is seems to be really sharp for Frank Reich. Like we've, I've talked about, I think, last week or the week before, that the Colts are a team on the come up. Their offensive line has gotten really Absolutely. good. Absolutely. The defense, not. That, that young linebacker they have is a freaking stud. And they can still get healthier on the offensive side. Luck is they? number two in touchdown passes in the I'm, NFL right now. Comeback player of the year? It's looking keep, that way. If it keeps going this I way. I don't know. I can't really think of the top of my head who else is in contention, but... If it keeps going this way, yeah, for sure. But yeah. the Colts are a team to fear down the stretch, that's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that, that division's going to get very interesting as They've well. They've been a joke. The Colts have been a joke for a long time. They really have. Even when they were good, they were still a joke because they were soft. Now they're not soft. They're physical now. So watch out for the Colts. Yeah, apparently their uh, owner likes to smoke pot or something. It looks like he's just coming Oh, he's into all the drugs. Just a yoga sweat lodge he's for like all nine days. The drugs. <laughs> he, yeah, you name it. He's been busted for cocaine. He's been busted for... You name it. That guy's got issues. He just got a lot of money from his um, his father and inherited the team. So oh. he's a party boy. He's a presidential candidate. Nice. Uh, hey, Quentin, nice. what's up, man? <laughs> I hear you're really good. The way you just attack a quarterback, man, you're hungry, aren't you? <laughs> There's going to be memes all over the place after that whole thing surfaced. All right, so what else do we have? So we, we talked about most of the relevant games. This weekend's slate of games, like we said, garbage. Buffalo at the Jets. Do we you want to spend any energy no, on that? No. no. The fact that, that Todd Bowles isn't getting fired after losing 41-10 to at home to, the, to Buffalo. I mean... Is that is that more points than they've scored th- thus far this it's season? It's more than half the points that they've scored oh, this Jesus. season, Buffalo. Yeah. I guess we could talk about how the fact that I, I personally thought the Chiefs would shit on the Cardinals a little bit more than they did. That maybe seemed the, a little bit... Maybe the Chiefs are coming back down to earth a little bit. Could be. Just, I mean, I mean Johnson for Cardinals, I mean, they, they controlled offensive a little bit better and kept them off, you know, the Chiefs off the field a little bit more. They played like a decent Leftwich team. is calling... A, since the Leftwich has been calling the plays now for the last two games, yeah. they are running David Johnson... Much more outside, whereas where he belongs. That's where yeah. he's had so much of his success. As a fantasy the previous owner, coordinator, you. right? The previous oh, previous coordinator was calling way too many inside runs, so they've gotten way back to calling outside plays for David Johnson, and it's working. Right. I think the biggest shocker of the weekend had to be Cleveland beating Atlanta twenty-eight to sixteen. Oh yeah, right. I think we all took an L on that one. I, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean. You just don't know what you're gonna get with with the Falcons coming. I mean, but with Cleveland, we, with Cleveland, but yeah, I, that one was hard for me. I, went, I probably think I changed that pick so many times, but I just felt like you know if everything worked right for the Browns, they could do it. If you know, Falcons, the Falcons came were out headed in the right direction. It's so hard. To, I mean, a lot of a lot of these like you know 500 teams are just fi- trying to figure out so much right now. And they had just won at Washington the week before. Yep. And it was like okay. Oh, all right. So we'll buy into them, and then I thought that the Washington Reds get, Reds would go and Reds, to Tampa yeah. and win, and then uh, oh wait, no, and they, they did. won. No, but people thought they would go to Tampa and, and lose. lose, and right. they, they, and they, they held the Bucks to three points, right. which is even in all the Bucks losses, and there's always still that Fitzpatrick like comeback, something yards passing. Yeah, again, field goal kicking, I believe, for them, like shot them in the foot. Field goal kickers this year, what? That, that could be a whole different topic. Oh. Could be. <laughs> All right. So I guess that's uh, Toss Week 10 in the dumpster. We're done with it. All right. With it. So we're going to move on to our pick segment. 
I uh, want to remind everybody, quick disclaimer, that these are all bone hard uh, bone medical hard. Bone hard. Bone hard medical fact. Uh, this brought to you by Cialis. <laughs> <laughs> these you could take these to the bank. Please spend your entire <laughs> life savings on every single one of these picks. And Just, any complaints can be sent to at Green Mountain Grinder. That's Green MT Grinder on Twitter. Uh, you could also hit us up on our Facebook page. Um, <laughs> and make sure to chat. Make sure to tag Johnny in it because we got nothing to do with it. All right, John Downing. <laughs> All right, so just look at the spreads as a whole <laughs> for, for this week. It, it's this. I'm drooling. I'm, we we deserve this week coming up. Week eleven is going to be epic. So we kick it off Thursday night. Green Bay travels to Seattle. Green Bay four four and one at Seattle four and five. Seattle's minus one. Um, this you know tough game, but I'm going to go Green Bay getting the point here. Dallas four and five at Atlanta four and five. Atlanta's minus three. The loser of this game is likely not making the playoffs. So this is a, you know, all-in situation type game. Both teams really need this game. Prescott uh, threw a year's worth of interceptions at Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, so Atlanta's minus three, and I'm going with Atlanta. I'm uh, Like we've discussed, I'm not going to take the cheese on Dallas. They've yeah, had Philly's number. Sugar high. They had Philly's number, but they don't have the rest of the league's number. Atlanta's going to bounce back at home. Atlanta minus three. That's a pick I really, really like. If I was putting money down on a game, that might be one. Carolina 6-3 at Detroit, who is 3-6. Carolina is minus 4. Going to go Carolina here in the Dome. I think Carolina comes back. It's a smash spot for them. Detroit looks lifeless right now. Um, they didn't look good. Getting t- they've allowed 16 sacks in the last two weeks. That's crazy. 10 to Minnesota, 6 to Chicago. I think Carolina's defense has a lot to prove after giving up the 52 to Pittsburgh the other night. Keekby will get those boys straightened out. you got to protect Cam- your investment. You gave him a big contract. And then Detroit Detroit gets gashed on the ground by running backs. McCaffrey will look to have a huge game again. So we're going to go Carolina minus four on the road. Tennessee, five and four off two big wins at going on the road to Indianapolis, who we like as a unit. Uh, they are four and five. People are gonna think of it and look at this game and instantly think, "Oh, Tennessee just beat the Patriots. One at Dallas on Monday, looking good." People are gonna say, "Oh, I'm gonna take Tennessee here." Well, Indy's favored by one, and I'm going with Indy minus one. This is where Indy saves their season. That could be a really good game to watch. But all these games, man, this, this, be- this is the week. Yeah, this is the week. Except for this game, Tampa Bay three and six <laughs> at the Giants one and seven. Hard pass Battle on the attrition. One. Uh, and guess when the spread on it, they don't. They didn't even bother to put any effort in the spread. It's even. <laughs> Just like whoever wins can have Blacked it. out in every market. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay at the Giants. How do the Giants look tonight? And They're competing. They're yeah. competing. I'm going with Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Short week at home, you know. Next game is another big one. It's an interconference game. We got Houston 6-3, and three, who's won six in a row. At Washington, trying to win the NFC East, who is six and three. Houston is minus two and a half. This is a tough one. Where are you going to go with that one? Houston. Too oh. the the big the the offensive line injuries for Washington are going to be too much for them. For my opinion, to overcome against um, a resurgent JJ Watt, who's also in the running for comeback player of the year yeah. with Andrew Luck. Right. You know, and that defense, who's on the come up, and Watson is just like better week after week after week. So. 
you know, with those linemen injured for Washington, I'm going to go Houston minus two and a half. I took Texans in that to win that one. I wrote that out. Okay, and then we have uh, Ernesto's boys, 6-2-1, and one, Pittsburgh Steelers, at their nemesis, Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 3-6. and six. Jacksonville beat Pittsburgh twice last year, but Pittsburgh is still favored to win by five on the road. Um, if Jacksonville wants to have any prayer of doing anything this year, which I'm not sure they even do, they need to win this game. Um, this is a tricky one. This is this a classified trap game? This is this is a tricky one because I'd, I'd like to take Jacksonville on the points. And that's what I'm going to do right now, but this one I might change based on how the week goes. because I like my boys on long rest on this one. I think I think that's really going to... Don't they mess up long rest? I mean, you have to it's not, it's, that it's better not too long. Rest. It's not too long. No? It's actually enough to just get rested. All right, I'm still going to go Jacksonville plus five right now at home. Just because this is an opponent that they've played well against, so maybe maybe it's something that works for them. To to be fair, this this iteration of the Steelers haven't been their opponents yet. I mean, last year it was not that long ago. They played in January. Yeah, but it was it was we just looked very different. The kid's feeling good right we, now. I know <laughs> he's feeling so good right it, now. It was ten months ago. <laughs> <laughs> That they got, but we like, got blown out in Pittsburgh. I know, but like the the secondary was a huge liability in that game, and I don't, we don't have the same problems that Fournette's we back. Fournette looked really good last week against Indy. Yeah. If Fournette wasn't out, I might agree with you, but with Fournette back, I'm gonna go Jags plus five. Yeah, Steelers may probably still win, but this next game is Cincinnati five and four at Baltimore four and five. This might be the beginning of the Lamar Jackson era because Joe Flacco might be out for the season. Yeah, with certainly. the hip, yeah. Um, so that's why there's no line on this game. Um, I assume the line would be relatively close. These teams usually play very tight, close games, sometimes overtime games. Uh, with no A.J. Green for Cincinnati, it's going to be tough for Tyler Boyd to get much done against that secondary. So I'm going to lean Baltimore, not knowing what the line is in that game, but I'm leaning Baltimore right now. Next game is the other game that really has no relevance and doesn't belong in the Week 11 slate. Oakland one and eight at Arizona <laughs> two and seven. Arizona is minus four. I don't know that I'll ever bet on Oakland again this year. Um, so I will lay Arizona minus four at home. Arizona has some bright spots this past week. They do, and like we said, David Johnson yeah. running more to the outside. Yeah. That'll be good. Okay, next game is Denver three and six at San Diego seven and two. These teams always play each other tough. Division game. Chargers are favored by seven and a half. Uh, I'm going to take Denver plus seven and a half here just because these teams, they play each other close games constantly. Yeah, coming down to a field goal. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia four and five at New Orleans, eight and one. New Orleans is a nine point favorite over the Super Bowl champs. That's crazy. Is it though? Uh, I'm taking the Eagles here. You're going to give me the Eagles plus nine? I'm taking them. All right. Take them. We're going to make a bet during the week. Yeah, the I'm going to respect that's, well, that's the thing. Everyone's hot on the Saints right now because they're crushing everyone. Hot on the Saints, respectfully disagree, but you are Saints beating us by 18 and 22 points respectively. So And Eagles don't blitz. They rely on that strong front four, which is they're dirty. They're nasty. They're good. But if you can contain that. I mean, this is a season-saving game for them. Yeah. They need it. So. Oh, man. I, I mean, obviously I hope they lose. 
Now, I never root for the Eagles, ever, so nothing, I hope they lose Nothing two. better to see the best sports town in America cry their tears. But, I'll, but take, I'll take the nine. You'll take the nine. I'll yeah. take the nine. Gotcha. Uh, then the Sunday night game is going to be Minnesota 5-3-1 at the up-and-coming Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. Trubisky's looked better Had week after week game. after week. Yeah. Six and three Bears. So this is the start of those tough, the tough stretch for Minnesota in their night games. Uh, Chicago is minus two and a half, and I'm going to go Chicago here. Because I just like, this is going to be a prime time spot where they're going to be fired up. The defense is going to get after it. Trubisky's on the come up. Um, I just think that this is where they're going to start to make their final push. They've been on the rise all since game one against the against the uh, Packers on the road where they let it slip away in the fourth quarter. They All season long, they've been on the come up, and we like them, so we're going to lay the two and a half. And then but there's no line on the Monday night game in Mexico, the game of the year. Kansas City, 9-1 at the Rams, 9-1. I do know that the total for that game is 64, which is the highest total in NFL history yes. for any. That's crazy. Any, any Hammer game. the over. Hammer the over. Right. That's what it's telling you. Yeah, just go go over. Just go with it. Um, man, who would be liking this game, guys? I. It's funny because you think losing Cup would be like, all right, we got to keep that in consideration. But I think with Sean McVay and that, that offensive line and that, and that scheme they have with their receivers – is they can totally kind of come in with a whole different plan and kind of scheme it up in a different way and just kind of hit the Chiefs early in the mouth. I'm going Rams. Yeah. 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 That's, That's just the way I see it because it's easy to walk in and feeling good about everything you've been doing up to this point, and then you lose a key player like that, and you're like, oh, we, you know, we take the, you know, Take take a few but running backs out of the backfield. For two stretch. weeks. What's that? They just didn't have him for two weeks, so yeah. they, they played without him. I get it, but I, I just feel like they just, I think, I, I like, I like, yeah, I like the Rams in this. Yeah. And the Rams are just that short hair of losing to the Saints right. who just come, have been firing out on a seven-game winning streak. Eight game now? Seven game. Seven. Seven for the Saints. So I, I like the Rams in this situation. I do. I, I just think they've, they've taken some hard games and coming out on top. They've fought through some, some close ones, and they've dominated in a lot of other ones. And I don't think the Chiefs have really been smacked in the face yet. Except with the exception of the Patriots, because they went in and that was just a class act performance on their side. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I like the Rams. All right, guys, those are Johnny's uh, look into the crystal ball future. Make sure you <laughs> pour your life savings into it. You and if you have any change of heart, Johnny, throughout the week, just post it. Now that I know how to do it as myself, <laughs> I can do that. We're, we're, and you we're can engage us. Yeah, you can engage us on Facebook. Just search uh, Green Mountain Sports Roundup on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter uh, at Green Mountain Sports. You can find us on Instagram at Green Mountain Sports, and you can find Johnny specifically on Twitter at Green Mountain Grinder. All right, we uh, we got to make sure that we reserve uh, some time for Johnny to rant about basketball. There, there is a lot of NHL news, so I'll try and get through that quickly. Um, the NHL, NHL reached a tentative settlement um, estimating around $19 million in the concussion lawsuit. Uh, there's over 143 players uh, in that, uh, headed by uh, Daniel Carcillo. I think he's pretty much the most... Uh, vocal, most recognizable guy in that suit. Um, they're uh, alleging negligence in dealing with head injuries and claim that the league 
uh, concealed the long-term risks <coughs> of those in- injuries. Uh, Batman in the NHL re- released a statement saying that the NHL does not acknowledge any liability for the plaintiff's claims. However, the parties agree that the settlement is uh, a fair and reasonable resolution and that it is in the party's respective best interest to receive the benefits of the settlement and avoid uh, the burden, risk, and expense of further litigation. Uh, some of the fine points of the settlement are twenty-two grand in cash uh, f- set aside for settling uh, each of the plaintiffs' uh, claims and also unfiled claims to come. Uh, neurological testing and assessment for all current and former NHL players, as well as an administrative fund to pay for the cost up to seventy-five k in treatment for players who test positive in two or more tests. <clears throat> NHL is also going to cover uh, $7 million in the legal fees there. Now, that sounds all good. You hear $19 million at the top, but really, uh, this is nowhere even close to where they settled in 2013 uh, with, the NA- uh, with the NFL and the billion-dollar settlement they-, they got there. Granted, smaller... Um, smaller market size, smaller... Yeah, yeah, there's less, there's less money in the kitty to begin with, but still, it's... Um, I think the NHL could have come to the table a little bit better deal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last sort of uh, stipulation here, uh, the 146 players named in the suit have 75 days to opt out, or excuse me, opt in or out, and the NHL is reserving the right to pull out of the deal if any of the players uh, don't participate in in this um, settlement. Um, Daniel Carcillo uh, came out urging players... Uh, to opt out, he tweeted uh, Gretzky asking for help and saying that a lack of pressure from former players, especially you know Wayner, um, would have a lot of pool or you know guys of his ilk. Uh, saying lack of pressure from former players is a direct result uh, of this uh, insulting attempt uh, at settlement. Um, now this is all coming from in June, a U.S. district judge um, denied a bid for class action status, so they weren't really able to like galvanize together. If they were able to do that, they could have had a uh, plaintiff group of over uh, five thousand former players. Um, you know, I understand why they may have done that, uh, but. It's it, it, they lost a lot of leverage there. So now right. the, the the NHL is just trying to like get it done. And there was a um, ESPN um, had a uh, a sports um, economy professor. <laughs> what a cool <laughs> what a cool job that is <laughs> uh, from Vanderbilt. Guy named uh, John uh, Vrooman. and he said the decision to deny the class action. Uh, status severely limited potential damages for the NHL owners uh, as well as uh, the benefits for the players and called the settlement a lopsided victory for the owners. Hmm. Um, so I think it'd be nice to, to like finally put a pin in this. I think they're moving forward. There's no way that any professional athlete uh, can say that they're not aware of um, the, the damage that the long-term damage, that concussions do right. Um, so, uh, d- just for the sake for the sake of the league as a whole, I do hope that they can just um, settle it out and figure something figure something out. Uh, maybe this will be the end of it. Uh, maybe it won't. But do you see uh, with this 
suit coming along from former players, like with the NFL paying out. You know, it dictated the rules. It dictated the sport a little bit. With oh, it already has. Hit. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this, and we talked about fighting. You think fighting's kind of has phased itself out through over the years, as far as like the the rate of how it happens. Yeah. So I think that what we're going to see, I don't think they're ever going to. Well, not that they won't ever, uh, but I don't think we are seeing a rules change in fighting. Um, very soon. Honestly, I think what we'll see, we'll see full cages before we see the end of fighting, and full cages will put an end to fighting because there's no point right. in punching a cage. Um, but it has been slowly um, whittling itself out. Right. Um, you know, fourth liners are um, young skill guys now. They're not goons. Right. Um, so I think that's the direction the league's heading. It's getting younger. It's getting faster. It's getting more skilled. Uh, it's it's all about hockey nerds now who have such a high level of skill. And bye bye Sean Thornton. Right, exactly. You know, okay. so um, I think it will just naturally sort of work itself uh, out of the game. So you're gonna see the sport even get faster. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it has. Even, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, I mean, it's just gonna keep. It you has see, even, like the, the level of basketball is now, but higher ports and fa- it's just a faster <clears throat> moving game. It's just about spreading and running. Even football, you've seen the scores. I think I think that uh, that the NHL has gotten tremendously faster in just the last four or five years. Yeah. I mean, the Scoring Penguins drives audience. Yeah, the Penguins, especially winning those back-to-back cups with that model, that speed model. Um, I think you know, it's a copycat league. So so that's what we're gonna see. Uh, moving along quickly. Um, we had the NHL Hall of Fame uh, inductions, I believe, tonight. Um, Willie O'Ree, uh, the first black hockey player, played two years for the Bruins. Uh, this is long overdue. This guy played in in the uh, in the late sixties. Um, you know, right. so uh, good on you for him. Um, he got in as a builder. wasn't a very impactful player, but just the fact that that he made it to the show uh, at that time uh, paved the way for a lot of for a lot of guys out there. So. Um, that's awesome. Um, and like I said, long overdue. Gary Bettman getting in as a builder. I don't even really want to get into that. Uh, I don't, I mean, I understand that he's made, uh, made the NHL a lot of money, but he's also overseen, uh, two work stoppages, including one full season lost. So, um, whatever, I guess that's Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, Martin Brodeur, the legendary Devils goalie, 1,266 games played, uh, three Stanley Cups, uh, his work speaks for itself. He's got a statue outside of the Prudential Center. Um, just an amazing, uh, amazing guy as well as an amazing player. Another amazing guy, Martin Saint Louis. Hundred uh, or excuse me, eleven hundred and thirty-four games played, one thousand thirty-three points. Um, this guy was undrafted. Just the body of work that he's put together as an undersized guy. Um, also, just uh, anybody who who knew him knows him personally. Just c- can't say enough about how awesome he is. Uh, Jana Hayford, um, I hope that's how you say say her name. Uh, she's a Canadian national player, um, five time medalist, four time gold medalist. They put a girl in, or excuse me, they put a woman in um, every year. You know that's just how it goes. <laughs> she's usually Canadian, yeah. and she's usually from. That team, so <laughs> <laughs> that's just uh, 
That's just how it works in Canada. How deep does this well go? I mean, you, I mean, how long can they just keep like diving into the same? <laughs> yeah, I mean, same pond to catch that fish. Well, I think, I think, <laughs> I think moving forward, you're going to start seeing a lot more uh, American women getting in because yeah. uh, the American women's team is well, having popularity a lot of too with like uh, Olympics and just yeah. I don't know how that plays out. Hey, man, we won gold. We won yeah. gold this time around. Right. So, uh, and then finally, proud Alex... that I knew that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, Alexander Yakushev. Uh, and this is uh, also kind of the thing that the NHL has been doing, kind of uh, perennially putting in one of the old Soviet players, you know? Uh, so he played in the uh, 1972 um, Summit Series, mm-hmm. right, against Canada where they played the uh, best of seven. And um, so, yeah, there it is, Hall of Fame inductions. Johnny, what do you think about uh, Joel Quenville, three-time Stanley Cup winner, uh, the second winningest coach um, in NHL history, getting kicked to the curb? This Sounds week. like that the Blackhawks needed a new voice. You know, Quinville's kind of my my way or the highway, and looks like he sounded like he was at, at odds with the mm-hmm. upper management ownership. So, I mean, I don't know if it helped because they went out the next day and they got smoked the next day. Just so. fucking smoked, and they got this. They so the he was replaced by Jeremy Colleton, thirty three year old. Uh, guy, get this. This is a fun. This is a fun little um, wrinkle to this story. The uh, the new uh, head coach of the Blackhawks was drafted in 03, uh, six spots after Corey Crawford. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, he's been. He played two seasons in the league. Went out to went out to Sweden. Um, was playing there, and they're like, you should just be a coach. You're basically running this team. Uh, so that's what he's been doing um, all this time. So, Just yeah. a genius? I guess so. We'll see, we'll see yeah. what happens. I mean, they have, they have, bigger, they have bigger problems, I think. Um, it's a big change to make. Yeah. Is it, is it beyond scheming and, and planning for a game? They just Honest, don't have the talent to compete right now? They have the talent. The talent's just too old. Yeah. Uh, and they, they made a lot of bad contract decisions. Um, bringing, um, God, who'd they send Panarin away for? Uh, they brought him back. Ah. Let me help you here. Yeah. Anyways, no, anyways, not, anyways, not gonna happen. They they <laughs> sent a defenseman. Yeah, they sent they sent. No, it wasn't a defenseman. Uh, no, they, but there was a guy that defense. Oh, Char- Nicholas Charmelson. Yarmelson. Yarmelson that they sent away. The players were really upset about. Yeah, I mean they've sent a lot of guys away. They sent Artemi Panarin away uh, to 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 bring Sod Brandon Sod. That's who they yes. brought in. Right. Um, so, so they're like trying to get the band back together, sort of thing, and it it, it just hasn't worked. Um, I think that's why I naturally sl- like shy away from NHL because I can't pronounce half these fucking. Names. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Texas. I will brutalize that fucking name like you've never heard. All you need to know is pasta for MVP this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he is just so amazing. Did you see? Carried the team this weekend. Did uh, who who did he do that uh, that uh, celebration with? It was pasta and somebody else. They do this awesome celebration where they like hit hands, did a spin, and like. 
you know, slide to the right kind of thing. Oh, He's good, okay. isn't he? Oh, it's fucking awesome. So find it and post it. I will find it and post it, absolutely. All right, All right moving along. Cancer survivor Brian Boyle score, scores his first hat trick of his career against uh, my beloved Penguins on Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Like, can you write a better story? Like, just... Not bad. Unbelievable. You know Lifetime Television is putting some in the works right now in correlation with ESPN Films. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to finish off tonight with Ubergate. We didn't get to it uh, last. Uh, yeah. yeah, we didn't get to it last podcast, and I, I got to mention it. Uh, Matt Duchesne, Chris Weidman, Chris Tierney, four other guys from... The, uh, the Ottawa Senators cannot buy good press right now. It, they, it, they are just an absolute dumpster fire. Um, they got caught making fun of the team and a, a specifically assistant coach, uh, Marty Ramon. Um, I blame the Uber driver. I mean, who doesn't talk shit about this? Right. I'm like saying, <laughs> haven't you been out with friends, had a couple of cocktails, relaxed, and, and, and just talk shit about your yeah, job? Yes. So I did, I dug a little deeper on this. The Uber driver's name is, uh, James Sparklin. They released his name? Yeah. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. Oh yeah, fired. He better, he better move. oh he's super fired. He's gonna be in Poland working for Lyft. <laughs> so, so it says he says that he posted it drunk um, after a, a tough night and tough night. and the, and <laughs> the whole thing had gone south because he was arguing with the guys because he didn't want to take all seven of them in the van together because these guys are all worth multi millions of dollars. And you can take multiple. Yeah. Right. And now you got to take multiple of them. All right. He's at capacity. He had previously that year just had to deal with getting hit uh, and having $11,000 of damage. So, you know, he was already uh, hit, you know, getting up on his deductible. <laughs> and he only had a $1 million liability uh, coverage. So he says he got all, got all, uh, you know, drunk, and was uh, decided to to post it, and you know, uh, they just kind of went with it, and <laughs> he was fired by Uber, uh, but that's probably all that's going to happen to this little jackass, because um, Arizona is a one party consent uh, state. That means that conversations can be recorded if one person who is present during the communication gives their okay. So, um, yeah. So he, he's covered there. There's not going to be anything further coming from that. But last implication from this is the Ottawa Citizen uh, and the Ottawa Sun reporter, uh, Ken Warren, was kicked off of the, uh, the charter flight. Usually reporters fly with the team. Yeah. Uh, so he got lost his, uh, lost his flying privileges uh, after releasing the video on the website. <laughs> um, but... I mean, honestly, uh, Eugene Melnick is kind of a thin-skinned asshole anyways, and he's not the first guy to uh, be put on the no-fly list, so, yeah. All right. Drama and hockey. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about, uh, I want to make sure you have time for... For at least a ten-minute Celtics rant, Johnny. So uh, I keep it down. I don't have much to say. We'll uh, we'll switch it over. We'll talk about uh, Tuca's meltdown next week. Oh. oh yeah, he might be back tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how see what happened. I was impressed by the Bruins this weekend. Yeah, five to one against Toronto, four to one against Vegas. Halak both games. Lots oh yeah, of saves. back to back. Yeah. I don't know, man. I All like, right. Well, the news of the I week like is, is 
is Jimmy Butler. We, we got to get into that. That's the news of the week in sports. Let's right, talk about it. Go, Marty. Well, I mean, I kind of jumped on the bandwagon real quick when the trade initially happened. I didn't know all the expectations or, or meaning I didn't know the whole a- aspect of who they were trading for. And I mean, I think we all do that, don't we? Yeah. We see a trade like that, and it's like, you just oh, get caught in the name. no, yeah. You just get caught in the name. And I was quick to post, I'm like, all right, GMS, you know, GMSR sees it this way. Oh, we were texting you know? each other. I was like, yeah. oh, forget it, it's super screw it, Celtic season over. So I just, I just, I bought in. I'm like, oh, man, I just wanted that, little bit of that drama, because it's killing me right now to see how well the Raptors are playing in the East. They, they are yeah. scary. They look good. They're dialed in. Kawhi Leonard's back to all-star form. Yeah. Um, and when that guy is accepting his role and he's accepting that team, Lowry he's a, just, he's a, he, Kawhi used to, you know, come up in conversations for player of the year. He's no chump. And, and yeah, he's that good. they are all clicking on, on the right amount of cylinders right now. And they are charging. They're got the best record in the league now because, yeah. uh, Warriors lost to the Bucks. Yep. So kudos to them. But going back to the Sixers, you, you get Jimmy Butler. Great. Justin Patton, you know, he, He's a seven-footer. Don't know what you're getting with that kid. He's just a throwaway. He's like a little enticing package to put on the end of Butler. But you lost Sarchett and Covington. Three-point so, shooting. Yeah. So you blew up your starting five. So this, this is how I'm looking at it, Johnny. You blew up your starting five. You put Redick on the bench to bring in um, Fultz. So... Um, by bringing Markel Fultz in, this kid has been so soft, in my mind, a little off. He's just not playing his game. They've been really patient with this kid to develop his shot. Well, he's not right with Fultz. Did yeah. you see him after he tied his shoes on the court yesterday and then he, <laughs> he did some little wiggle? Yeah. It was totally irrelevant. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? He's a unique out? kid yeah. from what I hear stories. Like, he's just a, he's just not the same typical basketball player, okay. whatever that may be. Kind of like a Rondo-esque who likes to roll a blade or whatever. Where okay, so we back. thought that the Sixers were going to be number one seed when they come out of the East. No, and I still see them as a number three. Yeah. I do. I, I, I gave it some time. I you know, got off that little, <laughs> that's the thing, you know, that, the little sugar high. Yeah. And I crash, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's, let's get in the Celtics But it's scary bit. if you're a Celtics fan. It's scary, but but is it? Because if we're doing what we're supposed to do and what we were doing last year towards the end, we were accepting a defensive role as a team. Kyrie Irving even bought in. Right, you take you out know, Covington and Sarich and put in Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, we can deal with that. Well, you, but you're talking about, okay, Mark Alfaults is going to be a starter if Jimmy Butler comes in. He's shooting 31% between 12 and 15 footers. And how long until Jimmy Butler... Per, 18% off a catch and pass, he's a shooter. And how long until Jimmy Butler starts yelling at fucking Ben Simmons for not shooting? Obviously, you know he's a diva. He wants to take control of the rock, locker room and be that yeah. guy. It's going to be a so, diva team. We're, well, the funny thing is talking today is like you got Embiid who just wants to be kind of a character. Is he, is he going to buy in and just take that tough role and just put his head down mm-hmm. and play? Is Ben Simmons going to get off his fucking Instagram account Start and not seeing what... Rotating yeah, models. Still keeping up with what the yeah. Kardashians are doing because he's yeah. there. There's a lot of youth and there's a... Trust the process. I don't trust the process right there. I think this is a situation where... You're, you're losing what was a good starting five, and now you're relying on either Reddick jumping back in or Wilson Chandler to jump in and try to be that That's shooter. True. He's been hurt. You know, he could be hurt, but he, he could fit in that mix. 
but how long is it going to take? Because they're going to take a little bit of a roll, reverse roll here yeah, for the Travis next ten seems games. A redundant for Butler, He's in, you know. I don't know. I Ben Simmons too is not taking plenty of shots. He's taken plenty of shots. He took thirteen jump shots so far from I believe outside of seventeen feet, and he's made one of them. Yeah, that's Ben Simmons. You know. So he was scared to shoot against the Celtics last year in the playoffs. We took him right out of the playoffs. Yeah. We schemed right around yeah, the kid, you know. So I understand like the Sixers that initial trade scared the shit out of us. Like, all right, we're already dealing with our own struggles, which we're going to get into. The Raptors just coming out of the gate like madmen and just taking control of the league. Who in the NBA rankings, I know it doesn't. It's just more for talk. But they slipped up above the Warriors. It's you know Raptors now, Warriors too. Yeah, that came out today. <laughs> I still don't. I have no words for that. Yeah, it's, stu- it's, <laughs> stu- it's okay. stupid. I'm, we're taking a champion down and replacing like, because they like that's lost like after William. the Patriots beat the Chiefs and then the week oh, after the Jesus. Chiefs back at one. Does it always have to go back to that? It does. <laughs> All right, we got to get jump into something. Let's go. So, what are your thoughts on the Celtics? Just real quick. I yeah, I told you I'm giving them two more weeks and then I'm out because I'm I, I'm what sick of it, man. I am sick of it. I am <laughs> sick of it. Wow. <laughs> I am sick of it. There's something broken with the team, and you know what it is? It's like I've texted you about this. It's the, they. So this team was anointed last year, and in that because they, and they didn't even beat Cleveland. They took them to seven games, and then they choked in the third and fourth quarter, not hitting a single shot, as they were undermanned without Hayward, without Kyrie Irving. And then in the off season, they were anointed. Once LeBron left to go to the Western Conference to LA, they were anointed the next big team, the beast of the East. This team is going to dominate for years. They're not going to win the finals this year, but they're going to get there, and they're going to be great because they have so much young talent, and you add Kyrie, and you add Hayward back in the lineup. Things can only be great, and so the young guys, you got Jalen Brown, believe in the hype. Is Hayward as good as we think he is? Because it sure doesn't seem like it. When we he got, had good numbers, we got against, Jalen the, Brown had, talking had good numbers against the Trailblazers. He we did. Got, he, fi- he filled up the chart that day. We got Jalen Brown doing interviews with hot chicks saying he's going to win five rings by the time he's 28 in the next six years. This guy needs to get to work on the court. And now Kyrie said as much after the game last night. He said, we need a 15-year veteran in here because I've been in the league eight years. Horford's been in the league for a number of years. Baines has been in the league for a number of years. And we can't reach these younger guys. That's sad. He said we can't reach them. So we need someone else to come in here and help reach them because they don't understand the urgency of it. And then Stevens himself also said after the game that when we play with urgency, when we play determined, that's when we're at our best yeah. and we're a really good team. Other than that, we're terrible. Right. And it all goes back to I the don't young think guys. It, I don't think it Tatum goes... got benched on Friday night in the third quarter. He got <laughs> benched. Tatum. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm giving them two more weeks to straighten this shit out because this should have been an 0-5 Western Coast trip. They should have lost that Suns game where they were down 20 for most of the oh, game I know. and came back and Morris saved their ass by tying the game at the buzzer and then they won right. an OT. But other than that, they would have been 0-5 on this West Coast disgraceful road trip. It would have been a 500 team. Right? Isn't it as they're 7-6? and six? And they don't look like they're getting better. And I could handle it if it looked like they were improving, if they were steady, if they were learning to play with each other, right? <laughs> He's if, all this time. <laughs> if they're right, if you're improving, you're learning to play with each other, then you can. Are you asking you can me a question? This. Can I talk? <laughs> talk, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I get it. They, they, they took on this defensive role last year. Baines played a lot of minutes. I think something needs to be changed with the lineup. I don't think we need to go out and trade and blow something up and do something stupid. It's way too early in the season to be talking that. It's not going to happen. But I do think you need to throw may- maybe Baines in the starting lineup. I'll move Horford uh, onto the bench in the beginning of the game. 
Give Hayward a little bit less time. Bring, He's already on a minutes restriction. I know, huh? but he, he had his highest minutes against the Trailblazers. He did okay. Jalen Brown still complains about this foot injury. He's a $30 million player. <laughs> Hayward can't be okay. He came off a brutal injury. I know. You gotta give, right, it, you got, give him a few more. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta give him time. I'm not learning learn this. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But the identity, me off. just by having him in the starting lineup, Johnny, just by having him in that starting five, it changes the concept of how that team operates. Right. And do you think that there's Kyrie six, is there's a six players playing over thirty minutes in do that game? Who, who sets a tone? Do you think Kyrie's a problem because he? He has decided no. that it's his team and he needs not, to take all the shots and do all the scoring. I'm not going to make him the It's guy. disrupted the improving process of the team because they're not passing it. No. Because like last year they passed without him. Fuck that. Because in my mind, Tatum can be a lot more aggressive when that ball hits his hands. They're giving up shots. They're, they're, they just keep passing around the outside and selling for outside shots. There's no attacking the basket. But when Tatum goes so to the basket, who do you blame? Who do you blame? I blame Stevens. He's taking the blame. Okay. Let the players. coach take Name the blame. two players that you blame. That I would blame. I would blame. Because it's not going well. I would blame Brown because I don't think he did enough work in the offseason. You can look sluggish. Okay. He looks sluggish. Yes. He doesn't look like he has a shot. And I also would blame mm, Horford. Yeah, Horford's been bad. Yeah. That three is not falling. And he's got the years of experience. He needs to be setting the tone. He, he needs does. to be coming in and dominating. And he's been settling for a lot of outside shots. Yeah. I know he shoots the three well, but that spread, you lose rebounding. Their, their rebounding percentage is horrible. Their their opponent scores to what their separation, they're only by 1.3, I believe, in scoring. So they're not taking that defensive ownership that did so well for them last year. At least year. Philly has trust the process. The Celtics are like, fuck it, we're going to skip the process. That's what they said. We're going to skip the process. Right. That should be their slogan. Well, they came, skip it. They came out thinking it was just going to be kind of like, not handed to them, but like they were just going to be the guys who were just going to set the tone in the East and be the guys. They had that bravado. Yeah. And the Raptors came in, Kawhi bought in, said, and said, nope. not, not quite Milwaukee yet. Said, We've nope. owned your ass for the last few years. We're still going to own it again. And Milwaukee has gotten nothing but better Toronto, and from Boston hasn't year. won in Toronto in years. So if, yeah. and for the Celtics to act like they've won something, it just pisses me off. They should be coming up. They should be like going up, and they're not. They're stagnant. Right. I'm frustrated, and I'm giving them two more weeks. I don't need wins. All I need is to, to show me some improvement. Yeah, show me score that, more than show, thirteen points it, in the first quarter. Right, right, exactly. It's the same thing every game where they come out and they they get they're getting blown out early on in the first quarter. They claw their way back throughout the game and start to come back, and then they lose at the end. I feel like I'm watching a fucking rerun every single game. Yeah, but that's, the that's same, what the road the trip has the been. That's what the road trip has been. The, the, the and they climb the back and get aggressive, get cut from the game, and they go back settling for the outside shot mm-hmm. again. Right when they get within two points, they fuck themselves and shoot them, shoot their own yeah, selves I'm in the just, foot. I, I mean, I'm at my wit's end with this team. But I'm really frustrated because they were anointed. And, like, I, you feel like last year they were must-watch TV. Like, the Red Sox this year became must-watch TV. Now they're almost like, don't watch. They'll ruin your freaking night. Right. Every night's a schedule loss. The way right. They're coaching the team right now. I'm I, frustrated. I, yeah, I get it. But... Don't jump off the cliff yet. Hang on with me. Two weeks to show me improvement. That's there's, all I there's need. A little, there's, a little sun, there's a little sunflower field over there. Look, let's go frolic in the sunflower. They have the talent. All um, right. But, but. <laughs> all right. Speak, speaking, we'll of, speaking of showing improvement, uh, I will be uh, missing next week. I'll be doing Thanksgiving with the family, so there is lots more basketball talk to come. Uh, gentlemen, any final thoughts? I I, week 11 is the week we deserve as football fans. We've earned it. All right. Well, love you guys, uh, and we'll see you on the other side. Bye.